welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale. Brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's HaleMultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at DiggingDeeper.us. In a war that started well before 2019, secrets have been buried deep beyond the pale. We're here to reveal the truth. It's time for Vaccine War Headlines. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war on tradition. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war. This is a war. The war is on, and it's based on facts here. If they want to yell science and facts, well, let's look at the VAERS report again for this week, shall we? Volume 20, no less. Vaccine War Headlines, Volume 20. Can't believe it. I know. And then we had a couple episodes before that called First Look and then Second Take or something like that. And then before that, and then we started new series, and that was Volume basically 1. Right. Yeah, great, uh, great series. Unfortunately, we have to continue to carry on with it because this war on humanity hasn't stopped just because there's a bigger news story in the cycle. Right. So let's let's please take a look with a serious attitude about the lives that are affected. Each one of these single digits, when I say a, a number that's really large, please keep in mind that each one of those single one digits was a human being's life. And it was affected by these shots. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's look at that with a new perspective just, just for a second here. So this is the VAERS report through March 11th, 2022. 1,183,493 reports. That's a large number. Now let's take a look at these individual numbers like I was saying earlier. 25,641 deaths right there. That impacts me right now. One death. If that said one death and the 25,640 wasn't there, that would be that would bother me mm-hmm. that one person died. 141,112 hospitalizations. 123,834 urgent care visits. 181,687 doctor office visits. And these cases of different conditions here that have been caused, like the 9,463 cases of anaphylaxis, another 14,721 cases of Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy was rare before this. Never even heard of, really. Right. Oh, it's just a coincidence. Mm. How about these deaths of these tiny little crying babies didn't even have a chance to take a breath and cry? 4,335 miscarriages. Mm. Enough to give you a heart attack. Oh, here we go. 13,172 heart attacks. 36,662 cases of myocarditis or pericarditis. 
which is a heart condition, which could lead to heart attack. 47,676 people became permanently disabled due to this injection, the largest experiment on humanity. 6,024 people have suffered from thrombocytopenia or a low platelet count. Dangerous. 29,136 other life-threatening incidents and another 40,929 severe allergic reactions. And the pain and suffering that 13,012 cases of shingles have caused. This doesn't even go into the fact of all of the cancer that is coming back. And now the leukemias. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, all these in-remission cancers are popping back up because it's stimulating, this vaccine is stimulating those latent cancer cells. Mm. So we have a series of clips through our vaccine war headlines tonight. First one is from Dell Bigtree. I think this is such an important time because as we move forward, and it seems that COVID might be in our rearview mirror, there are still a slew of childhood vaccines out there that have never been properly tested that are going into your children. We have seen a rise in childhood illness that is off the Richter scale. Back when we were getting 10 vaccines in the 1980s, we had about 12.4% of our population Uh, of children had a chronic illness, either a neurological disorder or an autoimmune disease. Then we passed the 1986 Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which is the government program that took all liability away. The vaccine program exploded, and now our children are getting uh, roughly 72 vaccines, 54 shots, 72 doses. In that giant rise in the amount of vaccinations our children receive, there's a coterminous event of the amount of autoimmune disease and neurological disorder. We went from that 12.4% in the 1980s to now 54% of America's children have a chronic, permanent, lifelong illness, either a neurological disorder or an autoimmune disease. Did you catch that? He said we went from 12.8% in the 80s to 54% of children have chronic, permanent, lifelong illnesses either neurological disorder or an autoimmune disease because the vaccine chart has increased so significantly from the 1980s to now. The amount of vaccines that these children are getting now. We've had multiple podcasts on this way back two years ago. Yep. Ridiculous. And we went through the history of the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And we found out that the last time the, the government actually required a testing of the individual ingredients in vaccinations, because they combine a lot of ingredients, mm-hmm. last time that they were required to pass the test, was it 27, 1927? This Vaccine Injury Act mm-hmm. was passed in the 80s, basically giving the pharmaceutical companies free reign. Right, because they set up that side fund, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like the sexual predator side fund that Congress had <laughs> has. A COVID-19 human challenge study finds only 50% of unvaxxed develop symptoms when directly exposed. Here's a clip. Let's listen to this one. There was a study which uh, is out from Imperial College in London, and I don't know if you heard about that. It's called the Human Challenge clinical trial? 
So it's a very interesting study in which they took about 36 healthy people, all under the age of 30, 18 to 30 years old or 18 to 40 years old, uh, with no prior history of SARS. Uh, they were all unvaccinated. So thanks to the unvaccinated people, we have this data. And, um, and no uh, serious health conditions. So they were then um, um, recruited and exposed intranasally to a bolus of um, SARS-CoV-2 virus. So you are now getting injected with this virus or your nose is getting exposed to huge quantities of the virus. And you wanna guess what happened? So only 18 people uh, developed the disease and the remainder didn't. Uh, so they, out of the 36 people, 18 people, two people, they had to drop out because they naturally contacted COVID. So they were um, removed from the study. But basically only 50% of the people given intranasal exposure developed COVID. All of them developed only mild symptoms. So, you know, you wonder about this social distancing and exposure where here are 50% of the pe people who were given this virus in their uh, nose didn't develop it. So uh, something to keep in mind, which uh, has been uh, known for other respiratory illnesses as well. See, that proves COVID is not as serious as anybody made it out to be. We really enjoy lots of Stu Peters reports, right? Oh, yeah. He's the best. So Stu Peters had Priscilla Romans on. She's the founder of Graith Care LLC. Graith means to be prepared. And that's what Priscilla's all about. She's an RN and has a master's in nursing, but two years ago walked away from the corrupt corporate healthcare system. Mm, good for her. Priscilla's focus is on helping patients rather than serving the needs of the hospital or CDC. Every day she gets calls from the people looking for medical advocates. So she serves as a sort of healthcare Sherpa. She tells them where to go and what to say and do to get the care they need. She works with newborns, elderly, and of course the people of all ages who have suffered adverse vaccine events. She's become an expert at navigating around the protocols that hospitals are imposing on patients. The protocols are forcing them onto Rendisivir and then onto a vent, then into the grave. More than one guest on Stu's program has described their loved ones being held hostage by the medical system. Priscilla understands that very well. She also describes these protocol showdowns as hostage situations. And just like when terrorists take over a building, there are doctors and hospital admins out there who have no problem executing their hostages. So listen to Priscilla and Stu talk about this. Sorry about the grunts there, but this makes me so mad. Let's listen. And Priscilla joins us now. Priscilla, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Stu. Uh, we are excited about advocacy and um, finding those options for people in these hostage situations. Unfortunately, it is still happening. Yeah, you were involved with the Scott Quiner case, many may not know, uh, and have been involved with hundreds or even thousands of them since. How are you extracting these victims uh, from these killing fields? Well, um, hopefully they're not on the ventilator already because that is a key component that's really difficult to manage, and especially if they did get the remdesivir treatment. Um, those patients seem to have a, a higher mortality. Their outcomes are terrible. Um, 
what we do is we provide options, right? And we want to find even possibly a hospital that does the right care. And that is happening today. And we are thankful that there are those critical care doctors that are doing that type of level of care because it's needed. The other hospitals are still providing the deadly protocols. They're still isolating families from their loved one, which is just sickening that these people have even had to die alone, which is completely wrong. And they're getting the wrong treatment still. When you delay somebody's care, what happens is their outcome and recovery are worse. And in these COVID situations, their lungs get so stiff if they remain on the ventilator so long. Some of these hospitals are just doing the worst care that is honestly criminal what they're doing to people it is wrong on every level are they doing it knowingly because it seems that way i mean they're using sedatives like propofol and fentanyl and uh they're hooking these people up to the ventilator it seems almost like knowing hey they can't just be carted out of here now they are in our custody and they're not leaving yeah i I don't see i always want to think that these doctors are doing the right thing but when you've talk to these doctors on the phone. When we're on the phone with our um, clients that we serve, we're hearing the most awful things. They are, they have the egos that you just, you don't even think they care. They're just following like an AI protocol that is literally, they just don't even think. I don't even think these doctors really, I consider them doctors or physicians because they are not compassionate at all. I mean, there are some really sick ones out there. Um, You know, just like the Quiner case. I mean, when you have somebody telling a wife to pull off the ventilator, you know, without the consent, it is just pure wrong. And they delayed every single thing that you could possibly think of. I mean, they even laughed at things like vitamin C. I mean, these are basic things that they are denying people of. Nutrition. I mean, you need nutrition. Your body needs to be energized in order to fight off any virus. And virtually nobody needs to die from COVID-19. I mean, is that an overstatement? No, we know we we actually get phone calls from people that are in their home that the doctor has told them, oh, just stay at home, you know, isolate yourself. You're you know, you've got COVID. Well, they sit there. They don't give it any treatment. These people need to know there's options up front and they can start doing them at home and they can avoid a hospital situation from the start. But when people aren't told this. And then they're scared and then they start to decline. Oh, it is bad news. So we can get oxygen to the home. We can get IV supplementation to the home. Now, every state is different. There are some better states than others. There are more doctors options available because we do need to work with the right physicians that have the right mindset. But if you get in these corporate systems, you are not going to get all of your care options. They won't even tell you some things. We've heard some horrific stories coming out of these corporate systems like Mayo Clinic, for example, which used to be revered as one of the most elite healthcare systems in the world. Not anymore. Now the head of their intensive cardiac unit wants you to just go home and die if you're not vaccinated. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing that unvaccinated people are being treated more horrifically than those who have been jabbed? Yeah, we've had um, sisters going to the same hospital. One was vaccinated, one wasn't vaccinated. And boy, was the treatment so different. They were treated different. They weren't pushed as aggressively in terms of like remdesivir. Okay, now hold on, because your detractors are going to say, well, their conditions were different. Were they presenting with the same symptoms? Were they in relatively the same condition when they arrived? Yes, they were. They were. And now we have people calling us go, well, 
I think I should just tell them that I was vaccinated because I don't want them to treat me differently. I mean, that is so sick and wrong that people would have to think like that when you're just going to get care. You should be getting care and compassion, all of your options, and not having a delay in care at all. It is wrong what they're doing. So people are strategizing. I mean, this is like a full-on assault that you have to really protect yourself and strategize. And that's why having an advocate is so important because you need to know your options. We need to get you out of there as soon as possible. If we can avoid a hospital stay, let's do it. Because I'm going to tell you, alone with the hospital bills that are going to start hitting these people, they are going to start panicking. And there are 100 million Americans today that are entitled to free or discounted hospital care via the ACA and the 501R um, federal um, rule laws. And we know this, but people aren't told this. And what's interesting is when you talk about non-for-profit hospitals, they are one of the most profitable. And that just tells you right there with their protocols, they're just soaking it. They're just laying in it and they're feeling good right now. So avoid a hospital if you can. If you get stuck in one of these situations, you absolutely need an advocate. If you come down with something and you're feeling sick, if you're even considering doing anything other than just treating yourself, which obviously you can do and you can get that information from Priscilla and her outfit as well, you need an advocate. Contact GraithCare. That's at GraithCare.com. Again, GraithCare.com. For all of your hard work, seriously, you're a blessing. You're a warrior. We appreciate it. And thanks a lot for being here, Priscilla Romans. Yeah, thank you so much, Stu. Yes, and of course, we have that podcast, The Ugly Truth of Medical Kidnapping, mm-hmm. where we noticed a case online and sent it in to Stu. And of course, other people probably did too. It made yep. him aware of the gentleman that was kidnapped and held hostage in the hospital and he's, almost killed. He's currently covering a 10-month-old who was kidnapped. And hmm. it's, just, it's just sad. Here's an open letter on the WHO's pandemic treaty. The World Council for Health, a coalition of scientists, doctors, lawyers, and civil society advocacy organizations, opposes the World Health Organization's move to implement a power grab in the form of a global pandemic agreement, Mm -hmm. while the world's attention is diverted to the latest crisis. Mm -hmm -hmm. The proposed WHO agreement is unnecessary. It's a threat to sovereignty and inalienable rights. It increases the WHO's suffocating power to declare unjustified pandemics, impose dehumanizing lockdowns, and enforce expensive, unsafe, and ineffective treatments against the will of the people. Mm-hmm. The WCH believes that the people have a right to participate in any agreement that affects their lives, livelihoods, and well-being. However, the WHO has not engaged in a process of public participation, which is evidence that its priority is capturing more power for itself and its corporate accomplices Mm -hmm. than serving the interests of the people. Without an unbiased democratic process, any agreement by the WHO acting via the United Nations will be unlawful, illegitimate, and invalid. Historically, the WHO leadership has failed the people. Among many examples, it approves the injurious H1N1 vaccine for a controversially declared pandemic. Equally, the WHO failed to, during the COVID-19 chapter as it encouraged lockdowns, suppressed early preventative treatments, and recommended product interventions that have proven to be neither safe nor effective. Yeah, the WHO cannot be allowed to control the world's health agenda, nor enforce biosurveillance. 
While it receives funding from public sources belonging to the people, it is caught in a perpetual conflict of interest because it also receives substantial funding from private interests that use their contributions to influence and profit from WHO decisions and mandates. For example, the Gates Foundation and the Gates-funded Gavi Vaccine Promotion Alliance contribute over $1 billion a year. Here's a quote from Dr. Mike Yeadon. I've mentioned before a proposal that who would be granted sovereignty over each country which signs this new agreement in the event that there's a pandemic. This is the dumbest and least justified collective health excuse I have ever heard. They won't know better than 190 plus countries what's best for each of them. Don't let them grab this power. They'll never give it back. In that, in that article, there is a link to the actual document we're talking about. Okay, great. Good job. Children in China are diagnosed with leukemia after taking Chinese COVID-19 vaccinations. Mm-hmm. We mentioned this earlier. There's more on that. That's another article, another headline that's in our article that you put together here, Vaccine War Headlines, Volume 20. And then we have... A series of clips with Dr. McCullough as well, right? He was talking about the fact that early treatment is suppressed, the authorities are pushing the vaccines and have broken the law, and there is no other explanation except the vaccines are causing death. So let's listen to these clips. The suppression of early treatment, it's my interpretation, is occurring for a reason. The suppression of early treatment, the reason appears to me is to basically create fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death. And the hospitalization happened to you, but fortunately you didn't die, in order to prepare you to accept mass vaccination. And the mass vaccination is not a one-time event. It is something that's going to go in your body every three or six months indefinitely. The two appear to be linked. A year ago, roughly, I went on a Tucker Carlson long program, and I told Tucker, I said, it appears to be clear. Those who are actively working the hardest to suppress early treatment are the same people who are working overtime to, produce, to promote the vaccines. The two are linked. Do you know that the American Medical Association has a stated objective in September to abolish the use of ivermectin? to abolish Mm. the use of ivermectin. Now, ivermectin is supported by over 70 studies, over 33 randomized trials. It has, it's not a perfect drug, but it has about a 50% benefit to patients who take it, reducing the intensity and duration of symptoms. It's supported by 20 countries that feature ivermectin as its base of a treatment protocol. Over, you know, three dozen non-governmental organizations, including multiple American organizations, support the use of ivermectin. Why would the AMA have a stake in this? Why would they even care about ivermectin? Why would anybody even care? If it's a safe, innocuous drug, why don't they have a campaign against Benadryl? Why don't they have a campaign against prednisone? Why ivermectin? And why does the AMA wildly support mass vaccination? Why does the American College of Physicians, why does the American College of Pediatrics, uh, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, why do they wildly support mass vaccination, and none of those organizations support treatment at all. Is that why ivermectin was labeled a horse dewormer used by veterinarians? That would seem to be the the common theme. Why would the NIH and the FDA come out with misinformation? 
That's misinformation that it's only a horse dewormer. Why would our director of the National mm-hmm. Allergy and Immunology Branch say there's, quote, no evidence for ivermectin? I just yeah. rattled off 70 studies, 33 randomized trials. You can't mm-hmm. say something incorrect. These public health officials, they work for us. The employment yeah. relationship is they work for us, not vice versa. I can't have an employee that reports to me give wrong information in public. We've had public officials who work for us state that there's no evidence for ivermectin. That is malfeasance. That is wrongdoing by people in positions of authority. We can't have our employees Mm -hmm. mislead America. Sanjay Gupta, as somebody in the media, he can't mislead the public. I'm a doctor in a position of authority. I can't mislead the public either. I have an obligation to describe risks and benefits. By the way, any entity or any person who said get vaccinated has broken the law. We have laws that say that for any biological product, it must be presented in fair balance. There must be risks and benefits. No one can bark a command getting get vaccinated. You're saying they've broken the law by encouraging vaccines? They've broken the law by presenting the vaccines without risks and benefits. Mm -hmm. They cannot do that. You know that because you see any other commercial for any other product on TV – it says what the benefits are, then it says warning. Side effects may include. But how may cause loss of head. But, but how can the vaccines be presented yeah. with no fair balance of risks and benefits? It's breaking the law. From the highest position, our president of the United States has broken the law. You cannot present information on biological products without risks and benefits. But who will hold them well, accountable, though? Look, we, we know what's Again, going on. who do they work for? They work for us. We're holding them accountable. They're not doing this because they know it's a health threat. Well, based on the last five minutes, and I'm not saying you're right, you're wrong. We're here to ask questions. You're the expert. I think it's pretty clear why they don't want you talking. Based on your last literally few minutes of speaking, you're basically encouraging people not to get the vaccine. It's not an anti-mandate thing. It's not a don't tell me what to do with my body thing. It's you believe the vaccine causes death, period, full stop. Uh, Listen, I've looked at things very carefully. There's no other explanation of why such record numbers of people are dying shortly after taking the vaccine. There are analyses that are published on the preprint server, one by McLachlan and colleagues. This is early in the pandemic with only 1,200 deaths. They reviewed all the deaths. They read the vignettes. Mm. They coded the deaths. They said, did the vaccine cause it or was there some other cause? 86% of the time, there's no other cause. 50% 50% of the deaths occur within two days of taking the shot. 80% occur within a week. It's becoming clearer and clearer and clearer, and you say this all the time. You need, and we're talking about a commission, you, you need to debate Fauci or someone on the Fauci right. camp, and there needs to be some clear answers here. What well, what, listen, this is not, in my view, an issue of debate. The deaths need to be explained. Sure. Right. But so still, if but, the CDC is sitting on 24,000 death reports, mm-hmm. don't you think they owe America a report? I do. Okay. Aren't you worried you haven't seen a report? I am. Why don't you think you've seen a report? There's something to hide. Bingo. Dr. McCullough is awesome, is he not? It's so good to know that there are real doctors with real... Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Be the brave. Be the brave. Be the brave. Be the brave. And you know who else is really brave? Another doctor, Dr. Malone. Right. And, Dr. Malone. And, and good old Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. You know, he got, yeah. he got uh, pretty much um, ostracized from Fox because he was speaking out 
at, about all this stuff that's going on now, and everybody thought he was crazy. Yep. And Glenn just has that insight, that foresight to right. see ahead. Right, that vision. And actually, mm-hmm. I've read several, we both have read yes. several of his books, and we feel we somehow that improved our sense mm-hmm. of being able to see just a little bit ahead. Right. But even we fell into that, oh, Glenn's just a little off base here. <laughs> well, you know? he was off the rails for a while. Yeah. But uh, he seemed to come back, and he admitted that. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, he has always been. The thing that's appealed to us about him, for both of us, is historian. He's the historian. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. He knows how to get up in front of that chalkboard and write down history so that you can understand it. Right. Well, Glenn Beck had Dr. Malone on his Glenn Beck podcast mm-hmm. uh, on March 12th. He walked Glenn through the complicated science behind the mRNA vaccines and where he believes the COVID-19 came from and all of that. They couldn't even put all of the podcast on YouTube because they were fearful that YouTube would cut it off. So there's only 11 minutes on YouTube. You have to actually go to his podcast to listen to the whole thing. But this clip is talking about the pharmaceutical industry. So let's listen to these guys talk about it. Is the medical and science community, are they afraid, hypnotized? Bought off. Bought off. Is it a collection of all of them? So you you just said it, okay? And and that's, people have this tendency to be binary in their thinking. It's either Mm -hmm. this or that, Mm -hmm. okay? And they rarely say, oh, it could be all of the above. Yeah. And, and what has, uh, what I can say for, sh- you know, I'm not like, once again, I can't get into everybody's head. Mm-hmm. What's happened is uh, really twisted. It's destroyed healthcare. We've destroyed, uh, you know, I was worried that we would destroy public confidence in the public health system oh and gosh. the vaccine enterprise. Oh my God. That we way past that. Oh, the, the, the next, <laughs> let's just say Ebola, you know, rears its ugly head in Cincinnati, you will want to see the actual blood coming out of their eyes before you believe the people in Oh, and you want to verify that it wasn't actually shots taken from the West African outbreak that they've repurposed. Exactly Um, right. There's uh, no credibility left. Yeah, so, so, and clearly these perverse financial incentives have driven the hospital systems throughout the United States to do stuff that is going to, has has destroyed people's faith in hospitals so bad they've destroyed uh it the the faith in academic medicine is shot mm. uh the faith in health and human services it, here's here's just to illustrate this point a little bit um i was in portugal uh for you know horse shows because that's what we do mm. uh, we breed this portuguese horse but i got picked up by the intellectual community or or kind of the um contrary intellectual community of Lisbon and brought to a couple meetings while I was there, ended up hardly going to the horse show. <laughs> um, and this is a bunch of Portuguese thought leaders, judges, journalists, mm-hmm. uh, academics, etc. Mm-hmm. And one of them, we did a round table Q and a with a journalist um, and uh, had translator in my ear. Uh, and in this older mother sitting in the front row talks to me and she says, we have all believed, we speaking as, as Portuguese and Europeans, have always believed that the U.S. FDA and CDC were um, 
the world leaders and the arbiters of truth. And in, you know, this, this was the group with integrity. And we've now come to learn that they are deeply corrupt. And that was the first time I had heard that used, that term, and it hit me like a brick. And yet we're, what other term do we have now no. with the drop of the New York Times about the CDC? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's corruption, okay? And what does that mean? Okay, we have two major economic adversaries that want to own the pharmaceutical business, which is insanely productive and lucrative. They're China and India, okay? And we have now, through our actions, talk about blowback, we've destroyed the legitimacy of the American pharmaceutical industry worldwide and its integrity and the view that uh, our government were neutral arbiters of truth in this. And and we're just like taken our, I I can't see how this isn't going to happen. We've basically given our pharmaceutical industry and our vaccines enterprise to India and China. Good heavens. The economic impact of this stupidness is profound. It is literally stupefying how our country has acted over the past two years. But wait, there is more. Remember all those podcasts we've been doing on vitamin D and different supplements and we've talked about natural healing all Mm -hmm. this time Mm -hmm. (laughs) for almost two years? Well, here's something that's been put together. It's the Immunity Boost Protocol from Dr. Simon. After many followers asked him to sum up which supplements should be taken to compensate for common deficits... He created a simple graphic on how everybody can boost their immune system without lots of effort. These are the most important things on his list. There are 10 things on this list. You want to go over some of them? Sure. Uh, The number one for me? Vitamin D. That's right. Get your sunlight. That's the best way it is manufactured is through sunlight. It's not actually doesn't come down as vitamin D, it comes down as sunlight, enters your body, and if your body's immune system is not overrun by mm-hmm. high fructose corn syrup, then <laughs> it will naturally produce vitamin D in your body, and that will help your immune system. Mm-hmm. So vitamin D, we love it. If you're not getting a lot of sunlight, you can supplement with vitamin D pills. Yes, but you also always want to back it up with your um, zinc for the absorption. Correct. 20 milligrams a day is recommended. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, of course, vitamin K and magnesium mm-hmm. and vitamin C, vitamin- which is obvious. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody knows you need to keep up your vitamin C to stay healthy. Now, I see his protocol only calls for 1,000 milligrams, but... Just so you know, it's not unsafe to take up to 3,000, but that would be the max. Right. 2,000 is hitting it pretty hard. Uh, 1,000 is getting a good supplement. Also, vitamin B50, uh, once a week at least, and some selenium and boron, and OPC. But I see CBD down here too. CBD is there, right? CBD, 20 milligrams. Yeah, nice. 20 milligrams a day. Yeah. That's what Dr. Simon is recommending for CBD for daily consumption. In addition to this, a healthy omega-3 index is required. So you either eat fatty fish once or twice a week or consume 3 grams of EPA or DHA-rich fish algae oil per day. So it's up to you. Take control of your health. Just don't rely on your government because they really don't care. Right. 
And remember, this in all of our podcasts, I want to repeat this. It doesn't matter what segment we are in. Whatever the mainstream media news is telling you, think opposite. If they're pushing you towards one concept, look behind you. Right. right. Please. At least research it first. Question everything. Because, you know, the best lie has a shred of truth. Yep. That's how they get us. Yeah. We're not falling for it anymore. So that was it for Vaccine War Headlines. Mm-hmm. Let's close it out. Thank you for listening to Vaccine War Headlines, a production of Digging Deeper. Theme music provided to Digging Deeper by Drucifer the Aberrant. Beyond the Pale. And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. We appreciate you listening, and remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light.